Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! Oh shit, yep, it's that time again, kids, where me, the sober guy, does this podcast with... Oh yeah! The drunk guy. Uh, That's right, it's me and it's him. And uh, we're here to talk about music, feuds, news... And our mom's vaginas. That's right. It's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I came up with that name. What was the name that you wanted again, uh, Ian? Rock, Rock Cox, but it's spelled C O Triple X. This guy wanted See, to show this call because we talk about rock and we're cocks like we're Rock Cox, dude. Nobody, all the rock stars that we've asked to say. Hey, you're listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Nobody can say that shit because it doesn't flow off the tongue. Anybody can say rock cocks. Yeah, but nobody wants but to say that. They'll be like, I ain't saying right. cocks. Who would say that? Me. Who wouldn't say that? Okay. And All I right. have the mentality of every rock star on the planet. All right. All right well, I will say uh, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is better than Dark Light. Jesus Christ. Well, you're lucky that somebody already took that because I wanted to call it Dark Light and really not because of the song. I just always liked that title. But either way. Yeah, yeah, but I'm the asshole. (laughs) Hey, hey, let me me just sum it up with with one little glaring example. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast didn't actually hurt us, did it? Because we are kicking ass. Holy shit, we are. We are just, and you know what, 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 you know, I mean, come on. We tend to be honest to, to our listeners. I want everybody to know that we're honest guys, no matter what you think of what we pulled last week. But we really are honest and we like to leave everything. We like to leave everything. Like, we want to let everybody know what's going on and how we feel and what's the story behind everything. There are some things that we can't talk yet because it'll jinx. But let's just say this show is ext- is doing so extremely well, and I want to thank Ian because he keeps on top of this shit. You know, I, I tried, and once again, we are on the uh, iTunes What's Hot list again. Nice. So we yes. keep we keep going on that hot list. Yeah, we haven't made the top two hundred. Uh, that's more. That's like overall. Yeah, we'll um, be there. We'll be in the top ten. But, uh, you know, as far as music podcasts, we are in what's, uh, on the What's Hot list. And, uh, hey, I'm happy with that. We are averaging over 30,000 plays a month. Look at that. 30,000 hey. plays a month. And, you know, it's like most people just listen once. You know? Yeah. I, 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 mean, I mean, we're getting like 1,000 people a day are checking out the show. That's and for a grassroots un- show like this, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's just so fucking awesome how good we're doing. And uh, the Facebook page. Holy shit. The Facebook page has been blowing up like crazy. And I'm I'm getting so many people joining. I want to see a little bit more activity out of these new people. They're joining. I want to see some more posting. 
But, uh, man, I mean, that's a great place to no, go. There's but, so much yeah, but Unfortunately, the Rock and Metal Combat Facebook page, um, it only really does have a lot of traffic when I'm there. Oh, God. Here we go again. I'm just talking about facts, pal. Okay? <laughs> I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not a baby. Anyway, uh, speaking of baby, um, I, you know, if you guys join the Rock and Metal uh, combat Facebook page, you would see all the craziness that just went on this past week where, you know, I pretended to leave the page and then the whole page. See, we didn't discuss this last week because uh, we did the show a little earlier than before all hell broke loose. A yes. lot of people attacked me. I mean, like, no, well, I shouldn't say a lot. A few people attacked me. Oh, oh, rightfully so. You played a good villain role. Though. I did. I played a good douchebag, a rock star. I'm too good for you guys. And a lot of people attacked me, especially one guy. What was his goddamn, what's his name again? Bailey Lapacra. Bailey Lapacra went as far as to send me an instant mess, uh, per, per, private message saying, you know, stuff like, you know, you're a douche and, and this and that. No wonder you can't keep a girl. I mean, he got really personal, which is fucked up. But... My main thing is like, you know, and then the other people that goofed on me, you know, they, they were okay, you know, it's like, whatever. I understood, I can't get upset to those people. But Mr. T from Germany? Yes. He lives in Germany, right? Yeah, well, he's from Chicago, but he lives in Germany. Okay, Mr. T from Germany is a special spot. That, that guy came to my defense, started yelling at people, telling people, man, you know, that's fucked up. You're getting into his personal business. I mean, what the fuck, you know? And I agree. And thank you, Mr. T, for defending me. Thank you, Joseph uh, Terrence Jr., uh, who was on, on my side and hated Ian. I want to thank him. Now he didn't hate you, but he was on my side. He would send me little messages. And I want to thank everybody that didn't bash me. And the people that did bash me, <laughs> I fooled you. But um, it was fun. It was just a little goof, you know. And, um, and people have to check out your rebuttal. That is on our YouTube page. You need to check out because that shit is comic gold. And you get the and I put up little uh, pictures of the of the bashing I was getting. So you see you see the people what they said about me, and then I would re, you know then I would rebut everything they would say, and I did it in a quite a humorous fashion. And because oh, yeah. uh, if anybody knows our old co-host, he did a similar video where he pretended to cry, but he was looking through his fingers. Uh, and I did that a lot. So it was kind of like my ode to our old uh, co-host and, uh, and and just my way of just letting everybody, you know, it's like it was a, another punchline on top of the punchline. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because when people found out that it was all a fake fight, um, then Ian went on saying, yeah, you know, I mean, now Ralph's upset with all the shit you guys been talking. So people were waiting all day, and at 6 p.m. I aired it. I put it up on YouTube, and everybody just fucking loved it, even those that bashed me. You know, and Bailey felt like an asshole. His girlfriend <laughs> called him a schmuck, which, by, which, by the way, get, hey, Bailey, your girlfriend, give her my number. Yeah, yeah. His name's Steve. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't give me my number. But, yeah, if it is a female, come on. Let's see if I can last with her. <laughs> I bet you you don't yodel in her gully. Yeah. I play with that clit like nobody, uh, no other. Anyway, uh, 
So that's pretty much it. You want to get into the news, or you have anything else to talk about? Yeah, we got we got some respects we got to pay, and this is kind of an eerie thing going on. Um, we do our reviews ahead of time, and then we we uh, we add some news to make it current, you know, as, yeah. as current as we can before we air the episode. And every time we do news, was well, a lot lately. Somebody dies that night after we already did the news, right? And so let's I hope have, nobody dies after we do this. Well, well, I got a few requests, but I'll get into that later. Um, but uh, yeah, BB King passed away right after uh, we did the news, and yeah. this last week, the incredible, incredible Sir Christopher Lee passed away the other week. Yeah, uh, really, man. that was you know what, ninety three years old, and I was still shocked. Yeah, ninety three, but you know what a life, uh, you know. And, and, you know, he, he made metal songs. I mean, not to mention all his movies and everything. I mean, what a... Just, I grew up with this guy, you know. My father, you know, would sit me down. We would watch the old Hammer horror films and stuff. And uh, just worked up until the day he died. It was amazing. And then, like, the last few years, he's making, like, symphonic metal records. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's not my bag, but I still thought it was pretty fucking cool. You and know? He, he, uh, he redid what Orson Welles did. On Manowar's Battle Hymns, when Manowar redid Battle Hymns, they got Christopher Lee to do the Orson Welles part. Right, because Orson Welles was too lazy. No, Orson know, Welles to... dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, no, he whatever. was alive back then. He did it. Orson Welles <laughs> actually went in the studio with Manowar when Manowar was unknown on their first album. How cool is that? that you gotta, is, that you is. gotta give respect to Orson Welles too, man, for doing right. Rosebud. Um. So yeah, we want to show our respects to the great Christopher Lee, Sir Christopher Lee, uh, and also an amazing uh, legend in the world of wrestling, Dusty Rhodes. Oh yeah, man, yes. that go- that that really hit me hard because you know not that I'm the biggest wrestling fan, but man, the '70s with Gordon Soley and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, I remember those Saturday morning wrestlers, and I always thought Dusty Rhodes was like the coolest of them all. With his oh, little man. pimp hat and the way he would do interviews. I, I just, there was something about Dusty Rhodes that was like, that would keep me interested in wrestling when I wasn't the biggest fan. And, uh, man, just, I mean, he was, he was a hero for the common man. And he busted his ass before wrestlers made money. You know, back in his day, they worked twice as hard and made half the fucking cash. Not even half the fucking cash. And he bled uh, like a motherfucker. Oh, God, his scarred forehead. He did anything for the fans, for the show. Uh, you know, he was all about wrestling. He embodies great uh, professional wrestling. And a great story, a guy I used to work with. There's a lot of wrestlers that live in Florida, and especially around the area I used to live in, on, you know, on the Space Coast of Florida. And my buddy's out there fishing one day, and he sees this guy in a John boat just going in fucking circles, just driving in fucking circles. And blabbering, and he pulls up next to him. He's like, "Hey, buddy, are you all right?" And it was Dusty Rhodes, drunk as fucking shit, just laughing and giggling. He goes, "Yeah, man, I'm just out here, I catching shit, but a buzz and having a good time." And but enough of that. Let's get into some fucking news, shall all we? All right, what's going on with the news? Oh man, a uh, uh, funny story I saw today about uh, Senor Sebastian Bach. Oh, there's several stories on him. I yeah, think. oh, I've got a few. Yeah. i got a few now. Uh, 
This happened in Seattle, Washington. He was playing a show, and a guy jumped on stage. I saw just it. To, yeah, just to steal the set list. And then it's like, they say he jumped, but he was also actually pushed by the security guard. Goes out into the audience and fucking falls on a chick and hit her, yeah. you know? And, and, and part of me is like, hey, I could see myself doing that because I jumped on the stage with Louis or Cole, but... But this guy hurt a chick. I didn't hurt nobody but myself when I did it. But, uh, yeah, Sebastian Bach stopped the concert. Uh, he did show genuine concern for the chick, you know, which I thought was cool. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny. It was captured all on camera. Yeah, and, and if you look close at it, the guy was... He, the first they were going to lead him off the stage, but he walked toward the front of the stage, like, to get off the stage. And he did kind of jump off the stage. But then the guy kind of helped him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Maybe I got to watch it again. No, no, but. he did. He kind of pushed him too. He shoved him as well. But I don't think Sebastian saw that. He just saw the guy fly on a chick. And right. he lost his mind. And uh, another story was uh, he was telling people to put their cell phones away. And, man, I cannot fucking agree with this shit more. You know, I've recorded some shit at shows on my cell phone, and it looks like shit, it sounds like shit, and it distracted me from enjoying the actual show. You you, you see a song where normally everybody have their lighters, and now everybody turns on their cell phone, uh, their flashlight on their cell phone? Well, oh, that's, my that's God. ridiculous. Oh, yeah, but have you seen it? Because I know I have. Oh, yeah, 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 I have. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's there's even so there's I've, even that one. Have you seen the one where the cell phone actually has a little like light, like a lighter, a, you know, like a lighter flickering on the actual cell phone? Oh, oh <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, uh, I've seen that too. That, that, it makes me miss beepers, and I never had a beeper. I did. But uh, anyway, there's there's our Sebastian stories of the week. All right, well, another one we got going on this week is uh, the whole morbid angel debacle. Have you heard about this, Ralph? Yeah, yeah, I'm confused. I hear David Vincent's out, then he comes out and says he never left. So, what's going on? Any any updates? Yeah, well, uh, you know, this may or may not interest interest the most of our listeners, but if you got some death metal fans out there, uh, Morbid Angel. It was announced the other day that their drummer Tim Jung, I believe, uh, was leaving the band. That he said there was some member changes. And due to financial differences, basically they weren't going to pay him enough money. He was leaving the band, which is another big blow because he's a great drummer. Uh, maybe not as great as Pete Salvador, their 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 original. Pete Sandoval drummer. is Sandoval. one of the greatest death metal drummers yeah. ever. Yeah, Wacky but now he's, dude. Yeah, but now he's a Jesus freak and doesn't want yeah, to play death metal. I played a show with him. Well, no, I played he I played a show with his band, um, Terrorizer. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of a stickler when it comes to the drums, drum setup and stuff like that. But we, and even lights, like he doesn't want, I believe it was an orange light. He doesn't want an orange light shining on. Oh. Yeah. He's a strange guy. Well, keep going. But, uh, anyway, so he left a, a few years back and they got Tim Young, who's uh, a phenomenal drummer. And a lot of fans were excited that they got, um, David Vincent back, the original singer for Morbid Angel. Mm -hmm. uh, but they made an album that was far more industrial than a death metal album, and the backlash was incredible. And not only did they release that, then they released a remix album that was even more industrial. 
that pissed death metal fans off, you know. Well, I mean, death metal fans don't smile or laugh anyway. Well, they're not allowed. Right, yeah, they'll throw you out of the fucking club. Uh, a, plug, but, a plug for my friend's band, Corodia, who's bringing back the old school death metal that I love. Ralph the Singer said it best. When you take a band picture in death metal band, you don't smile. Well, there you go. And uh, maybe Dave Vincent was smiling. But either way, it was announced that uh, Trey... I can't even pronounce that motherfucker's last Agrizolf. name. Well, there you go. Sounds like some Dungeons & Dragons shit to me. Amazing but any- guitar player, by the way. Oh, yeah, amazing guitar player. But anyway, he announced he's working with Steve uh, Tucker, who replaced Dave Vincent. For and I love years. Formulas of the Flesh. That was a great... And Gateways to Annihilation wasn't bad either. Yeah, I saw him on that tour opening up for Pantera. Uh, but anyway, it's announced that he's back. But David Vincent came out and said, like, no, I haven't left Morbid Angel, or nor was I asked to leave. And so there's this big, like, well, what the fuck's going on? And then today, as we recorded this, Stephen Tucker came out and was trying to answer fans' questions. And they're like, are both of you going to be in the band? And he's like, no. He goes, I do death metal. He doesn't. So, you know, there's Ouch. some yeah, there's some jabs going back and forth there. It sounds like Dave Vincent is thrown out of the band. And, uh, you know, Trey just didn't bother to tell him or, you know, maybe something's going on. But, uh, boy, it's some death metal drama, you know. It, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, you know. It's like the real housewives of death metal. And uh, be interesting to see what happens. Uh, so there's our death metal segment of the week. Uh, I just now- want to throw in that Morbid Angel is my favorite death metal band. I mean that, you know, uh, what Altars of Madness, Blessed of the Sick, Covenant. A lot of people don't really like Domination that much. I love Domination. Formulas, Gateways. And after that, I kind of like lost touch a bit. But man, that early Morbid Angel to me is like the greatest death metal ever. Next story. What's oh we got more? Ooh, it's a busy week. Steel Panther. I oh, love Steel Panther. Oh, I heard this. Yeah, Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy who I ragged the shit out of on last week's episode, and I, I want to clear something up. I listened to last week's episode. I was very inebriated, even for me. I and I was very mean on Motley Crue. And it sounds like I hate him. I don't hate Motley Crue. Uh, I saw him on, on the first leg of the farewell tour, and it was an incredible show. I still believe they're very, very, very overrated. Uh, and most of their shit's filler, but what they play live is their good songs, and I enjoyed it. But uh, uh, Steel Panther was talking about how Tommy Lee fucking hates them. And that just shows you, you know, it, it shows me what a pompous ass he is. And Ralph, I think I saw this in a post. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, he's so scared of being old and irrelevant. Yes, I did write that. Uh, and I, I, I really think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, he just wants to seem hip and cool, like, you know, the Dick Clark, the forever teenager. Uh, and, and Steel Panther was saying, like, Mick and Vince are totally cool with it. It's Nikki and Tommy, you know, that, you know, of course, you know, you know, the people behind Generation Swine with their musical integrity. Nikki is the biggest. insulted by it. Nikki Six has to be the most, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Somebody that just does not want to face reality that he embraced cock rock. 
But Nick, oh, yeah. Tommy Lee on one hand is like, you know, I, he kind of makes it known, like, you know, I don't like this shit and this and that. Where Nikki Six is more like, I'm a musician. You know, he tries to, like, portray himself as, like, Frank Zappa or Bob Dylan, where, bro, you you, you wrote Looks That Kill, you know? <laughs> you wrote Come On and Dance. You, yeah, you wrote Come On and Dance. You wrote fucking uh, Treat Me Like the Dog I Am, you know? Come on. You're Nikki Six, dude. You're not, you know, Nikki Six does not go hand in hand with integrity. You 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 have as much integrity as Gene Simmons. I tell right? you, what, I would rather listen to Steel Panther than anything Motley Crue has done after Theater of Pain. I love Steel Panther. Actually, I know they're a goof and they're funny and their songs are funny, but they're they have some songs, even though they're still funny, that are very catchy. And oh, man, they, they got a song. It's on the last album that they just put out. I can't remember the name. of It's the one where it's like The Last Supper is the cover. Yeah, yeah, uh, All You Can Eat. But there's something about, like, uh, the, the song is about, like, uh, Bukaki Love or some shit like oh, that. Oh, Bukaki Tears. That's the name of it. Bukaki Tears. If, if you don't listen to the funny fucking lyrics and you just listen to the music, you would swear that shit came out, like, in 1987 or 1988. It's so perfect. It's so... I mean, I love what they do. They're incredible music, but they take a piss out of it. And, you know, they say in the interview, like, they get pressured from their management. Yeah. Like, they're a lot bigger now. They're saying, we're getting pressured to write real songs. Well, I shouldn't say real songs, but, like, you know, to not be, like, a joke band, you know? Uh, but they're like, hey, that's our whole angle. That's what we do. We're having fun with it, you know? We're not going to try to be serious. This is what we are. And I love that. They have more integrity to me than Motley Crue. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because they're standing by the joke. But And they are so much fun live. One thing I will say is that I didn't really get the full, full uh, Steel Panther experience when they opened for Priest. Because they're, they really do shine like in a club. Uh, an arena thing just didn't work for some reason. Right. But when they're intimate in a club, it was they were just so much fucking fun. I'm going to see Motley Crue again, you know, because it's the last. It'll be, you know, it'll be my fourth cruise show. It's worth going. But like I said, I still stand by they're overrated. Uh, their catalog is way more filler than it is rock. And uh, I think Steel Panther has more fucking musical integrity. I think all three of their albums are great so far oh yeah they've only released three albums I, I bought them all on vinyl when I buy vinyl it means I really like the albums and my my favorite's still the first one but I thought Balls Out was awesome oh Balls Out is awesome I love Balls Out All You Can Eat is fucking hilarious I mean they're all three of them are great but yeah the first one like my it has my favorite Steel Panther song is Asian Hooker god I love that song. yeah it's just so fucking <laughs> hilarious and killer at the same time it's just a good rocking song, but and also death to all but metal. I mean, come on. I mean, how cool is it? Like you know, butt metal. Uh, uh, what is it? <laughs> what, uh, Eminem's effect. So is Connie West shooting hot sperm on each other's chest. Love That's it. awesome, man. Poetry. You know, fuck the Goo Goo Dolls. They can lick my balls, and I'm like, yeah, all right, <laughs> fucking yeah. Let's Your fucking story. fuck Papa Roach, <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, fuck those bands, you know? I love it. I just love that shit. So, you know, and, and in a way, Death to All But Metal is not, to me, in, in comedy, it's fucking, it's serious shit, man. Oh, About music. time somebody comes out and says that. Musically, I love it. 
All right, next story. Uh, this is some, this is something a lot of people are talking about. Is finally for the first time. I shouldn't say finally because I'm still kind of disgusted by it. But Rush is on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Oh, don't get me started on that. And uh, you know, Rolling Stone has shit on Rush their entire career. And uh, that's not even what upsets me about it. To tell you I, the truth. I, I just I wish they would have turned it down because it, you know it's just like I was just as disgusted. When they put Kiss on the cover of Rolling Stones, like, man, you turned them down for fucking years, and now you have to kiss their ass because they're in the club that you sponsor. You know, and it's just to me, it's not heartfelt. Uh, you know, they call it like like Twilight of the Geek Gods or whatever. Yeah, they have to throw in that little jab. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's, and yet yet you don't see them say that about Elvis Costello, who is a fucking geek, and I don't hate him. I think you know the guy. Uh, wrote a couple good songs. I like uh, What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding. I don't hate Alice Costello, but the guy is a fucking nerd. Right. You know, and yet they don't call him a nerd. You know, it's just, it's just, but you know, that's not what upsets me. Upsets me is when I see on Facebook, people go, it's about time. It's like, dude, why the fuck do you put any kind of importance on Rolling Stone magazine? The same thing with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, it sucks they don't have so-and-so in there. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? I, you know, I, I don't understand why people put importance on Grammys, on Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Rolling Stone magazine, where everybody knows how much, how many times do you have to be beaten over the fucking head to realize these are the enemies, and why the fuck do you care if they accept your fucking bands, man? What's wrong with people? Rolling Stone magazine... You know, look at the reviews. They never given Led Zeppelin a positive review in their whole existence until John Bonham died. That's when they finally woke up. The same thing with Sabbath. They hated these bands in the 70s. These bands were like shit. And now they come around because the people have spoken. You know, and they have to. The same thing with Rush. I mean, come on, Rush. Look, they're, they're, they're 40 years into their career and they're still selling out arenas. Hello. You know, oh, and oh, been, oh, without uh, a co-headlining band, Kiss fans, and and really, I don't, I don't really see them very well promoted either. It's just like they just put it out there. Hey, we're gonna tour, and people just go and fucking fill up the place. Right. They don't have sponsors. They don't. You don't see their, you know, a Rolling Stone magazine like all oh, the big. You know, it's fuck. You know, the thing is that it doesn't look if if Rush was on the Rolling Stone magazine with that little geek thing. I'd be like, good, all right, cool, they're on there, whatever. Maybe it'll grow, maybe it'll fucking get some fucking uh, pompous people, you know, with their heads out their ass and realize how great Rush is. But for people to actually say shit like, it's about time, and it, you are giving importance to Rolling Stone magazine. A, a magazine that would put, like, Blink-182 or Britney Spears when they're brand new artists on their fucking, I think Vanilla Ice and Millie Vanilli were on their fucking cover at one point. You know? Correct. So, you know, and then you have the Grammys where it's like, oh, my God, King Diamond. Oh, my God, this is so awesome. King Diamond was nominated. Really? Was King Diamond nominated? Yeah, he was. No shit. For, for Give Me Your Soul, Please. And it became <sighs> a lot of big news. Like, a lot of people were freaking out over I did not it, you know, know that. Hoping that they would win. Now, this is a... All right. 
And I'm gonna go, let's show the Grammys. And I, actually, out of the three, I respect the Grammys more than Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, Long Stone Magazine because at least the Grammys are just like clueless people. That are, they're like trendoids, you know, where they don't really exclude. They just go with whatever fuck is popular. Where Rolling Stone Magazine, which is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they purposely, you know, shut people out because they don't like them because they are the authority of what is good. So when you have bands like Kiss and Rush and, you know, all these bands that they hate get, get in there, it's because they get too much shit from people. You know, it's like, why the fuck aren't these bands in here? And then they figure, look, if we don't put Kiss in here soon or Rush... People are probably just going to stop listening to us and realize that we're a bunch of fucking knobs, you know? Yeah, I, I think people should hip up and realize, like, if you really give yes. a shit, if you give a shit about a band, what you should really care about is, is there a review on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast? Yes. Because that's what you, you know, know. We, You know what, man? I just came up with a brilliant idea. Did the you? Rock and Metal Combat Award Show. I like that. once a year. I like that. We're gonna we're gonna like a uh, uh, lifetime achievement award. You 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 mean something by people who actually listen to the music that are actual fans? You I, know, I want to do that. I want to do an award show. We're gonna do an award show, man. Great. That's a great idea. We're gonna we are... rent out fucking uh, Madison Square Garden and we're gonna fucking have the people there. Well, here's one thing I want to mention. I know I know we're almost running out of time before we get into this star-studded fucking episode. But a good positive rush thing is they are filming, and as we speak, I think it might be tonight and tomorrow night, they're filming two shows in Toronto uh, for, a, for a home video, for a Blu-ray DVD. That's awesome because oh, yeah. that list is amazing. Oh, what a show that was. I mean, seriously, one of the best shows I've ever seen, and I'm so glad I got to share it with you. I got to share it with Kobe Leeming. Uh, we got to share it with Jacob Wood. Uh, it was an amazing time, and to know that this is going to be documented—that's awesome. Yeah, man. Who knows that that could be that could win best long form home video next year at the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Awards. That's right. You never know. I love it, and we're going to have hot hooas come out and bring out the awards. That's right. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we'll 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 probably find a time. We should do it like when they. When they have the Grammys or something, or, or no, no, we'll, we'll I, do it during the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame time. And fuck it, let's—we got four albums to talk about. We got some time. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it now. So this week we're going to talk about the Kiss solo albums, but instead of doing our regular reviews. You know, we got to start, like, you know, shaking it up a bit and doing some different things, you know? Yeah, we're going to talk about each album, but we're also going to condense all four of the solo albums and uh, and give a, and get, and uh, make one solid Kiss album. Now, I don't know about you, Ian, but I, uh, I did include uh, every member in my Kiss album. Did you do the same? Yes, Th I Is there a... There's a Peter Chris Kiss song on your Kiss album. Uh, surprise, surprisingly, it's a little different, but yes, there is. I will say right. that. I will say so that. there's a Kiss, there's a Peter Chris song from the solo album on your Kiss album. We'll get into that. 
Ah, guess not. Hurt you! Bless me, you motherfucker. I said gazoo tight. I ain't German. Alright, so anyway, um... Uh, let's go down, let's first go down the line. I'll say what's my favorite to worst. And then you say the same. I'm gonna sneeze, I'm having a sneeze in. You go first. Alright, uh, favorite to worst. Man, I, I tell you, normally I tell you right out the gate... Uh, my favorite is Paul's. But man, I listened to all of the solo albums today. Woo, boy. And uh, man, Ace and Paul are so neck and neck. Uh, I was feeling Ace a little bit more today, but I almost still got to go with Paul because uh, there's only one song I don't like on Paul's and there's two songs I don't like on uh, Ace's. So I'll, I'll keep it like it normally is. Uh, Paul's, Aces, uh, Jeans, then Peters. How about okay. you? Okay. Uh, mine, uh, Ace by far. I think Paul's is kind of crappy, actually. I only like two songs off Paul's album. There's some songs on there that are, that are, you know, they're good, but then they fall flat with me. It's kind of like, you know, like, like a good example is Ain't Quite Right. You know, that song is kind of like, it's got a good vibe a good feel but there's something that about that song that ain't quite right <laughs> anyway so you know same thing with love and chains you know it's just certain things about those songs i like it so there's only two songs i like off paul's album i have a hard time picking which one's better peter and gene they're almost like at par with each other almost tied they're both uh not that great uh both of them they ain't quite right uh, Here's something I wanted to ask you about this before we even get into it. I've, I've always wondered this, and I'm not sure the answer. Uh, you know, they each dedicate the albums to each other. And uh, right. Peters is the only one who adds a person. He also adds Michael Benvenga. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. I, I have no idea either. I want to say I found out at one point, but uh, I'll be damned if I know right now. I have no idea. Okay, well, anyway... Uh, so, another thing, Peter's is the only album that brings an extra paper in it with, like, a bunch of credits and stuff, where all the other solo albums did not bring that paper. Oh, no shit. And I could be wrong, but I believe Peter Chris's album actually had two singles, where yeah, all yeah, the other yes. albums had one. That is true. That is true. I, I, I believe what no happened. I, I could be wrong. Uh, but I think he threw a fucking shit fit when the first one tanked so bad uh, that he insisted on having another single, and they did it just to shut him up. Where I don't think the other what was the, second, the first one? The first one was "You Matter to Me," I'm sure, right? Uh, I believe so, and I believe the other one was "Don't Let Me Down." I could be wrong. Let, let's get into Go that ahead. album, and it starts with uh, "I'm Gonna Love You." Uh, holy shit! I remember the first time hearing this. And I was like, man, this don't sound like fucking Kiss. But, uh, you know, in hindsight, listen to it now, uh, it, it's not a bad song. It's just not Kiss-like to me. What you think? Uh, you know, I actually listened to this whole album on my walk yesterday. I'm sorry. And it, it, it really, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd have to say it's, as a whole, it's better than Gene's album. Because Gene's album is just ridiculous. You know, I mean, the songs that I like on Jesus' album, I like more than the songs on this album. But at the same time, as a whole, 
we'll get into the whole gene thing, but I was a, I, I, I was able to handle it. I didn't I don't think I listened you know, there's songs obviously most of the time I don't really like, but it, it didn't really make me go, Oh, I can't take it, let me get to the next track. Like uh like, you know, all for one and stuff like that, oh, you know, and, and Gene's solo album. I mean, I can't sit through that whole album. It really drives me nuts. It, it, it's just so, ooh, I don't like it. I don't like the female backup vocal type shit and the, and the structures of those songs. So uh, I'm going to love you. You know, I, I don't, it's not one of my favorites on here because I only like three songs. I, I mean, I really like three songs off Peter's, but that's not one of them. But at the same time, not a bad tune it's all right it's rocky the next one you matter to me the the single I, I i really don't like it sounds so dated to me that little keyboard whatever that piano whatever the fuck you call that synthesizer it's so 70s it's so captain and Tennille, you know what i mean and i really don't care what did you think of you matter to me uh by a country mile my favorite song on the album <laughs> uh, and, and, and i love it for the reason that you hate it it is so 70s, and I love that little whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I think yeah. it's, I think it sounds great. Uh, you know, it does. It reminds me of the 70s. reminds me of, like, you know, a Rod Stewart-type song, which, of course, his voice is always going to make you think of Rod Stewart. But, uh, yeah, yeah, by far my favorite song on the album. Uh, and, and the next one is probably by far my fucking uh, least favorite. It sucks so goddamn bad. Tossing and turning, horrible cover. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't like it either, though. I mean, I, I like it more than you matter to me. But wow, it, wow. that's not saying much. Uh, and it's the only song they played live, because when uh, the Dynasty Tour started, they were doing a song off each album, and that's uh, Peter's uh, choice. But I, as I understand, as the tour went on, they they knocked off. I think they only left uh, uh, New York Groove. Correct me if I'm wrong, anybody out there. But... Um, I know uh, as the tour went on, they weren't playing the solo songs anymore, and uh, except for New York Groove. Uh, the next one, Don't You Let Me Down, I really like this one. This one is a cool little mellow tune. I dig it. I didn't dig it back in the day, but I dig it now. I think it's a, it's a good tune. That's, that's one of the three I really like off here. What do you think? Uh, my notes are not bad. I could handle it. I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to it, but uh, I skipped a lot of songs on this. Like once it started, I was like, I can't take this shit. This is one I actually listened to. I was like, it's it's not that bad, not bad. But uh, then we go into one which I would have to say uh, is my second favorite on the album, and uh, I, I I dig it. It to me, I know this sounds kind of weird, but to me, I kind of get like a like either a Bob Seger or Thin Lizzy type vibe off the song. Uh, kind of sugar papa likes. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, it's quirky, and I say that shit all the time. I always like, oh, that's kind of sugar papa likes, and nobody fucking gets it because nobody listens to this fucking album. But uh, kind of sugar papa likes, I can dig it. I was always biased when it came to the song because uh, of <clears throat> uh, the title. It's just so bad. That's the kind of sugar papa likes. And uh, even when I did the review, I kind of slammed the song. I, I believe because yesterday when I took my walk and I listened to it, you know, on my walk, I actually said, you know, this song is not really that bad. Yeah, I watched your review. You did slam the song. Yeah, you see, I mean, my and a lot of people bash me because 
rightfully so, because I always change my mind. You know, there's, but you know, I usually change my mind with albums I'm not, I don't like when I review it. So I listen to it for like a week and then I review it. And then later on, I mean, I change my mind. I'm like, ah, but I still don't really like the song, but it's not as bad as I, uh, as I remembered it. I think the main reason was because of uh, the song title. It's just so, I don't know, Motown or something. You know? I don't know. I, I, I dig it, baby. I dig it. Uh, but I really like the next one, Easy Thing. That's another one. It's very, very mellow. So I, I just like the, the mellow tunes on here. Uh, love is an easy thing. Now, I'm pretty sure you're going to slam it, but let me tell you, love is an easy thing really reminds me of the 70s too. It has that 70s thing, like muskrat love shit, you know? And I dig it. I think, I, I, you know what? I, I just love Peter's voice. And I think when he croons a tune, I love it, man. So what do you think? Uh, I tell you what, I love Muskrat Love. And I hate this fucking song. This shit is fucking... <laughs> and this is a word you're going to hear a lot associated you know, with these uh, songs. Uh, horrible. I think this song is fucking horrible. But then it goes to the next song, Rock Me Baby. And uh, here's here's another one you're gonna hear. Horrible, horrible fucking song. What do you think of Rock Me Baby? Is that the one that goes, "I was vaccinated by the phonograph needle"? No, like that? no, that's hooked on rock and roll. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, Rock Me Baby's whatever. But again, I listened to the whole thing yesterday, and it was like, it's not good, but it's tolerable. Uh, then it goes into "Kiss the Girl Goodbye," another one I really like. I really like the Kiss the Girl Goodbye. Uh, another little mellow one. Um, I dig it, man. What do you think? Fucking horrible. What's scaring me is that, like, you know, you, you really, that you're finding this album more acceptable. And I, I'm scared that it, it's it's your age and, like, soon you're going to really dig Matlock and Murder, She Wrote, too. I, I think you're just, you got to get harder. This, this shit is horrible. You know it's horrible. Don't let it sink in. Don't let it twist your brain. Kiss the girl goodbye. Horrible. Horrible. Leads into the next song, which is referenced earlier. Hooked on rock and roll. Next song. Fucking horrible. What do you think of fucking hooked yeah, on rock Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't like this one either. But Ooh. tolerable. Ooh. Tolerable. Now we go to the last one. I Can't Stop the Rain. I really love this one. So I actually like four songs off this album. I thought it was just three. Uh, I can't stop the rain. I've always liked. This was like even back then when I hated the album. It was like, man, I only like I can't stop the rain. That's the only good song on the album. What do you think? <laughs> I can't stop the rain. I can't listen to this fucking album again for another fucking ten years. Fucking horrible. Ugh. Terrible. Peter. All right, Chris, well then, I, I I guess we'll go into jeans. The worst selling solo album, and rightfully so. Yeah, uh, I love Peter's voice. I really do. Um, but, uh, man, he, he was done by this point. He was done uh, drum-wise, song-wise. I mean, y- you know... I, he didn't even he didn't even play drums on this album. I, I, I know, but, uh, you know, it's like... I, I really... Could you imagine being in the fucking studio when this shit's getting recorded? Uh, something I didn't know uh, that I learned from your review is that he wanted Tom Dowd to uh, record this, and he heard the songs, and like... Get the fuck out of here. You got dick on your breath. Ain't no way I'm fucking recording that shit. And uh, I, I get that, man. This is really 
Like, he wanted Beth Part 2 so fucking bad, and I think Beth was... You know me, I can't stand fucking Beth. I think that was a fluke. He's trying to recreate a fluke here, and uh, he's got a fluked-up fucking album, in my opinion. And, and well, you are right, yeah. He was trying to get that number one hit like he did with Beth. Yeah, and, uh, man, I... I I, I love what he played on the first album through fucking Love Gun. I, I love that style. I, Shit, I love... Dirty Living is my favorite song off Dynasty. Wow. I mean, I like Dirty Living, but you know what I mean as a whole. I mean, that's really his only participation. But I mean, And, uh, and um, the I Can't Wait to Get Back to You, whatever the fuck, that's the best song off Cycle Circus. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't keep a straight oh, face with that. God, I can't, oh, I, by the, I can't by wait the way, to review that fucking album. And uh, Chris Sinzak. That should be the next kiss. Yeah. Chris Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek Podcast really wants to guest on that episode. Okay, so. we'll, we'll get him on it. And by the way, I am not. I don't think Beth hit number one before anybody out there is like, you know, f- tampons flying out of their ass going, I can't wait to correct Ralph. But it did win the People's Choice Award. That yeah. I do know. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And I have no faith in the people. Jesus yeah, but Christ. this is the 70s, dude. Muskrat no, love no, on I, the head. No, I, and I love Muskrat. I love it by Captain Tennille. I love it by America. I love that You know, I, I love Beth. I love Beth. Well, I think it's know, a great song. Hey, man, I like, I like shit from the 80s just because of nostalgia when I grew up. And, and I'm older, that, yeah, therefore yeah. that's why I like hey, Beth. Hey, I dig it, man. Just not my bag. That's not the kind of sugar Papa likes. That's some sweet low to me. I want the real thing. But, uh, I can't. I'm diabetic. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, this shit should make you sick, then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you got any closing thoughts on Peter? Anything else you want to uh, add? I I don't recall. I I don't recall if I I listened to this album back in the '70s. Um, I think I heard the other three. I'm not sure. I do Ooh. remember. I do remember 1985. Uh, I was in California, and a friend of mine uh, when I was at his house actually. When I first got there and I was staying at this dude's house and while he was at work, he's going through his albums and he had the Peter Chris solo. I was like, ah, man, let me hear this. And I remember being horrified uh, that, when I first heard it. You know, and that, that's something I, I forgot. I wanted to ask. Uh, when, when these albums came out, were you already a Kiss fan? Huge Kiss fan. This was what this was when I was at the height okay. of my Kiss fandom. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm still a big fan of the early stuff, but I'm right, just right, 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 right. No, I, no, I get that, but I mean, it's just like, you know, I was, I was four, you know, when these albums coming out, and I remember Dynasty, but uh, you know, that's like my first memory of Kiss, but uh, I wasn't around for this. I mean, uh, like I, I'm sure other kids you went to school with were Kiss fans. I mean, what was the reaction to the solo albums? Was it like yes or like what the fuck happened or you know what, what was it? Was the deal? A, it was a different time back then. It wasn't. I don't know. There wasn't that much of a. I don't remember that much of a backlash when it came to the solo. But I don't remember anybody batching any of these albums in the '70s. We were all kid. I mean, what, what was '78? So I must have been 12 or 13 or something like that. Right. I mean, I was already in. I already. My very first Kiss album was Double Platinum. Nice. That was my first Kiss album, and I bought it when it came out. So soon. I don't know. I can't. I, I don't know the timeline too well. If the solos were after it or before. Double Platinum, <clears throat> but I do recall that I owned Ace Frehley's album. I don't remember buying Paul's or Gene's. That I is, don't remember the is, first time I heard those albums. That is weird. I can't remember that. I know Double Platinum and Soul Albums both came out in 78, but I don't know which one's first. And Kiss Alive 2. I, I think Kiss Alive 2 came out first. No, no, Kiss Alive 2 came out in 77. 
Oh, it did? Yeah. Okay, so, and so did Love Gun, right? Yes. Okay, so, yeah, it might, I, 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 I'm willing to say it's double platinum. Yeah. No, I'll never forget, because uh, I got into a huge argument with a guy at a bar, uh, like, years ago, about 20 years ago, uh, about uh, a live two. I, and I swore up and down it was 78, and he proved me wrong. So, yeah, me too. So, so, so I'll never forget that, because I got, I got my face on that one. So right now, I always thought it was 78. Yeah. But yeah, I'm almost positive that Double Platinum came out before the solo album. Because I do recall um, being, you know, I got Double Platinum, then I got Rock and Roll Over and on A-Track. And after that, I got Kiss Alive. And I, I believe the one I bought after that was... Uh, Ace Freely solo album because at that time Ace Freely was my favorite um, artist and you know what now that I really think about it I'm positive I didn't own Gene or Paul's because I had Ace Freely's poster from the album on my wall nice. at that time and I didn't have the other four so therefore I can't tell you the first time I heard Paul's or Gene's I, I, I remember hearing Ace and, and, and uh, the first time I heard Peter's but not, not Paul's or Gene's so I can't tell you my reaction. I, I'm pretty sure my reaction of of uh, Jeans was horrific as well, uh, which which takes us into that album. Nice. Uh, I'll start it off. I mean, I really like Radioactive, and I love the beginning of it. Uh, it's so cool and eerie and spooky, and uh, you you just like you listen to that and you listen to Radioactive, and you're like, this album's gonna kick ass. This is great. What do you think of Radioactive? Uh. I love it, but you're right. When you when you hear that intro, you know you think batteries coming up next or something. You know what? Yeah. You think it's gonna be something like, oh yeah, it's scary. It, it's like the yeah, actress. and it's like the demon. Like yeah, here we go, and it's kind of like an almost disco esque up tempo rocker. But I mean, you gotta look at the time. But I love Radioactive. It doesn't change the fact I still love Radioactive. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, it's great. Great fucking track. Then it goes into one. Some people love. Some people hate. I motherfucking love it. Burning Up With Fever featuring Donna Summer, who he was banging at the time. And I love it. Oh, man, when she comes in at the the end with that, I'm burning, baby, you know, shit. I fucking love that shit. Perfect. Uh, I mean, it, it's weird, you know, when you consider their back catalog. But as a song, I absolutely love Burning Up With Fever. What do you think? Horrific. I do love the next one. See you, uh, <laughs> see you tonight. It's very Beatle-ish. I love the hell out of it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I never realized how good this song was till I saw the Kiss Convention. Because this was an album I wouldn't listen to. I think I, I know. I know for a fact I owned it by the Kiss Convention. Because by the time the Kiss Convention, 95, I was up to date with my Kiss discography. I had everything by Kiss. But this was an album I wouldn't put on. Therefore, I never really realized how good See You Tonight was till I saw them play this at the KISS convention. And I was there. I filmed it, by the way. I filmed the show, the Unplugged segment. And when I went home and listened to it and watched the video, I was like, man, this is a really, really nice, pretty Beatle-esque song. I love See You Tonight. What do you think? Uh, I absolutely fucking adore this. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Beatles fan, just like you are. And I would have to say... Listen to this album today, it was kind of like how you were with Peters. I kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Still, I still don't think it's a great album. But man, especially this song. And it's just like a reminder 
of how good Gene's voice really is. Oh I, yeah. I mean, especially on this song, incredible. Uh, you know, I like. You know, I watched the reviews too. Uh, you know, in preparation for this, and uh, that thing about he wanted the Beatles to play on this. And, yeah. And that would have been amazing, but still, reg- and he got the guys from Beatlemania or whatever. But regardless, great, great. You know. And it's awesome. It's like two minutes and twenty-eight seconds. It's almost like an early Beatles song in itself, you know, short length. But it's so and I cry and cry. I mean, it's so Beatles. It, but I, I absolutely love it. But I really think that this could have been the album that really killed Kiss for a lot of people because this was the highest. It wasn't the highest selling solo, but it was the highest charting. And I, you know, I wasn't there, but I can see like everybody running out and buying this first like oh it's the demon you know he was the most recognizable member in the 70s of course um and it's my favorite of the four album covers just because i love dribble blood oh yeah it's perfect (laughs) but i can imagine people running out like people who are listening to hard rock and stuff you know and you're you're listening to fog hat and boston and sabbath and zeppelin and all this you know deep purple all this great 70s fucking hard rock and then you hear this shit and then not to mention that this is the same time as Kiss Meets the Fam. It's the time of the, uh, you know, the over-merchandising, and they're getting more and more kids fans. So like me. Yeah, you know, so there's nothing, you know, you're, you're a teenager in high school, or God forbid you're in your 20s, and you see a little fucking 10-year-old run around in Kiss makeup. It's not dangerous. It's not cool. And, and, and the music wasn't dangerous or cool either, even though I like the song. But I see this as, man, this is the beginning of the end before the rebirth kind of shit. And, uh, but anyway, see you tonight. Great song. A lot better than the fucking turd that follows it, Tunnel of Love. Whoa, what a fucking piece of shit that is. All over the place and full of shit. What do you think of Tunnel of Love? I think it's a tunnel of shit. Uh, true confession. I didn't like that much either. I thought that one was fucking lame as well. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was okay, and I think it might just be okay because it's after Tunnel of Love. Like anything would sound better after Tunnel of Love, but it's still not that fucking good. But I don't hate hate it. But uh, you know, I gotta run out like, ooh, I gotta hear fucking True Confessions. Ugh. Uh, next one. What do we got here? Living in Sin. Ugh. Another, uh, this is a total throwaway. I'm, I'm surprised. If it wasn't on this album, it would have been on Sonic Boom. <laughs> I mean, this is fucking, this is ter- terrible gene by the numbers. What do you think? Oh, of course. This is fucking horrendous. Cher is on this song. When you were saying earlier, Gene was banging, uh, Donna Summers. Yeah. Uh, then he must have been banging Cher at the same time. It, but it, it was right around the same time. I don't know which yeah, one was I, first. I do think, I could be wrong, but I think Cher uh, wasn't banging Gene yet during this era. I think this is when he first met Cher. And then soon after, you know, yeah. he started banging her. That's why it might have been, you know, he's banging Donna Summers, then he met Cher during the recording and started banging her. Yeah, I never heard of him banging Donna Summers. He's doing oh, something every day. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I never knew that. He also fucked I, Diana Ross, too. Well, that I knew. I okay. knew Diana Ross and Cher. Yeah. But I, I, I had no idea, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, he that, met her. They were both on Casablanca. Yeah, and yeah, I, that I, I knew. I think that's how he met her and stuff. But, uh, yeah, uh, Gene, just like myself, got a taste for the brown sugar. Yeah. So there brown. you go. Brown. Uh, anyway, so, um, all right, let me... Let, 
<laughs> Let me say something personal then. You brought up brown sugar. And I got, you know, I don't know when we're going to air this episode, but this is the first episode we've done since the little, um, you know, controversy of us pretending to be hate each other. And I had this guy attack me because, you know, I mentioned my ex-girlfriend. She reminded me of some Chinese democracy song. And he said stuff like how I can't keep a girl. And the guy got really personal. Fucking asshole. Bailey. Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, speaking of brown sugar, 1983. <laughs> 1983, I had unprotected sex with a black girl that I knew for about an hour and a half. And I came in her, and I've never seen her since, since that day. So, what what is that? 32 years, I could be a brother gonna knock on my door going, yo, you my pops? <laughs> So that's my personal story for this week. So run with that one, Bailey. All right. Uh, what's next? Always near you, nowhere to hide. I don't even remember this one. I don't at all. I swear I don't. I do. Uh, all right, how's, how's this one? How, do you like it? It starts off good. Like, I think it's going to be, like, real good. And uh, then it just goes to shit real fast. Oh, then, 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 in other words, it starts off like shit, but then it gets pretty good. No, actually, I really like like the intro. I was like, okay, where where where, where are we going? Oh, we're going to the bathroom. Oh, is this the one that starts be... acoustically? Yes. Okay, I remember this one too. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, and, and then by the end, it's got like a chorus and all kinds of shit. And, oh fuck! It, 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 uh, you know, I don't want to start back any old fights, but it almost like elder esque. Yeah, 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 yeah. With choruses, I mean, no, but I mean, it's got like a like a like a philharmonics behind him or something. I don't know, man. Uh, but it started out good. You uh, want to talk about like an ego out of control? This album is full of it. Oh my god! It's like it's like how Nikki and Tommy were on Generation Swine. Yeah, you're right about that. Oh uh, uh, yeah, go ahead to the next one. Yeah, next one, Man of a Thousand Faces. Uh, another horrible one. Sounds like Bad ELO, and I love ELO, but you know, there's just too much. There's strings, everything, but the kitchen sinks in this whole fucking album, but especially in this song, Man of a Thousand Faces. What a fucking turd. I, I I pretty much rank it the same. Man, Man of a Thousand Faces and the next one, Mr. Make Believe. I kind of like, to me, it's like, you know, Heartbreaker and Living Love and Made. It's just the same, you know, it's one after the uh, other. I feel like it's the same shit. Uh, it's it's this two songs that on this album that I can tolerate, but I don't really love, but I can tolerate them, unlike everything else we've heard except for Radioactive and see you tonight. What do you think of uh, Mr. Make Believe? Uh, Mr. Make Believe was one that I heard today, where I kind of changed my opinion because it's kind of Beatlesque too, and yeah, and, and, and mellow. And uh, again, it's not what I want out of Gene. I kind of, uh, you know, I compliment the sediment of. Okay, well, the whole point of a solo album is to do something different, but it should at least be good, you know. Uh, and, and this is all right. It's another, you know, Beatles. I mean, obviously, he loves the Beatles, and who doesn't? Uh, aside from my old lady. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an all right song. But, man, I just wanted... I, I would have loved if Gene would have done what Ace did, where Ace just did a bunch of kick-ass rockers. You know, God, if Gene just did, like, a whole, you know, ten fucking demon songs that maybe had a little bit of difference, it would have been great, but that's totally not what he fucking did here, and... It's not what he did on his other solo album either. He's, it's like schizophrenic, just bullshit. 
But compared to the rest of the album, you know, this is fucking Stairway to Heaven. So, then we go into the pointless, <laughs> pointless fucking remake of See You in Your Dreams. Uh, you know, you mentioned in your review, you know, Katie, the lovely Katie Seagal, who he also banged during the recording of this. <laughs> uh, you know, God bless him. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, she said she was very infatuated with Gene, too. Man, she said Gene was just like, she was an odd, he was a schmoozer, and said she was quite taken with him, but uh, she soon found out that, you know, he, he parks his car in many garages. Uh, but uh, yeah, Pointless, yeah, the Rick Nielsen solo is, is, is kind of cool, I love Rick Nielsen, but uh, I even thought it was like one of the weaker songs on Rock and Roll Over, so it's, it's even why now fucking re- re- redo it, and it's still even worse. Uh what do you think of this re-recording of Seeing Your Dreams? I agree. It is one of the weaker songs on Rock and Roll Over, but I love it. I love uh, I love this song. I just hate what he does on the solo album with it because he adds those female vocals. And I do like Rick Nielsen's guitar solo a lot. Uh, I feel like uh, I, I can't remember if you can... Um, I know I say it in my review, and people that watch my review will remember. Ace Freely pretty much... Uh, doubles a solo on Seeing Your Dreams on uh, the Rock and Roll Over version, which is actually a solo he already did. I think it may have been Parasite or something. I can't, I, I, I'm sure I'm wrong, but he's done a solo where he just repeats the solo again on Seeing Your Dreams, where Rick Nielsen's a little more sporadic and crazy. So, uh, the only saving grace about this song that I would give over the Rock and Roll Over version is the solo. But, um, uh, th- th- that's the only good thing. Well, on the next song, you know, When You Wish Upon a Star, I mean, you know, okay, yeah, you're all, you all are predicting I'm going to slam this. You're all going to predict how it's a sh- stupid, stupid song. But you got to remember, this is a song that was very inspirational to Gene. When he was a little kid, he saw Pinocchio and Jiminy Cricket singing this song, and it's a very special song to him. But, you know, on the other hand, it is a piece of shit, you know, and it's fucking horrible. And it's like, why, Gene? Really, dude? Fuck. But that is an ego run wild. This is a guy that, when he did this, and you listen to it, it's pure Disney. How it starts, the oh, whole... Horrible. It's, 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 it's pure Disney, but I'm sure while he's in the studio doing this, he's thinking to himself, I just recorded the next Beth. You know, people are going to identify because I am a fan to millions of people, and people are gonna know that this is an inspirational song to me, and I'm gonna make people love this song. People that love God of Thunder is gonna love uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. What do you think? Oh, God, it's, it's fucking, it, this is so bad, I can't believe Peter Chris didn't cover it. Uh, you know, I know he says it's fucking personal, but I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that story was out uh, at the time the album came out. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You are correct. You, you, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm sure... That makes a... it even more confusing. Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, the ego that I can pull this off. Uh, either, yeah. either, you know... Well, I mean, we know the answer, but you could look at it as, like, either he's just that clueless or his ego is that out of control. It could be a little both. But, I mean, what fucking rock fan is going to listen to that shit and go, yeah, what a way to end the album, you know? Oh yeah, man. man! Oh, I don't think anybody except Gene. Li- I, you know, I have seen people online that actually say, you know, Gene's solo album is my favorite one. 
but I don't like that song. And even people that figure this, say that this is the best solo album don't even like that song. You know, I, I've seen people say that Peters is the best solo album. I don't know if you've seen that too. Oh, yeah. You know who, yeah. really, you know who really trashes this fucking song, though? Jiminy Cricket? Yes, you fucker! You stole my joke, you son of a bitch. God oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn I heard, it. Damn I heard it. a Pinocchio hated it, too. And, yeah. and Giuseppe, or whatever the, yeah. whatever the, the, the guy is, you know? Yeah. Uh, Pinocchio's ears I, shrunk when he heard this shit. It was terrible. I heard I heard that so- when they when they played that song, it defrosted Walt, Walt Disney. Oh, God. Yeah, you like that one? I just came up with that oh, one. Oh, man. Try my, the liver. Yeah, he stole my, stole my Jiminy Cricket joke. Something you'll never hear again on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. A Jiminy Cricket <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, All right, so uh, then we're going to... Well, okay, uh, which one should... Because you like Paul's the best. Should we go into the Aces? No, 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 no. We'll go We'll go ahead. We know everybody wants to hear about Aces, so let's go into fucking Paul's. All right, yeah, because everybody... I mean, if you make a Paul, Ace will win. Come on. Uh, oh, yeah. And Paul will come in second. Go ahead. You start. Since it's your favorite album, you start it. All right, man. It starts with the amazing uh, Tonight You Belong to Me. And this is uh, another reason why I think this is my favorite is this album is a combination of it. It still sounds like Kiss to me, yet it is a little bit outside the box. It does take some chances. Uh, and I think this is just an amazing song a great way to open it i give this a six out of five a fucking amazing fucking song what do you think i agree fucking to me the highlight of the album like right off the gate i mean this uh this song fucking rules i love this song it's pure paul it's pure kiss um i would say this is the most kiss like album even more than aces Ace sounds like ace doesn't really sound too much like kiss Right, I, mean, I, 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 I would say that I would say that Ace is, is is almost heavier than Kiss, you know. Yes, that's that's my point. Where Paul's album, it could fit on, right. you know, every incarnation of Kiss. You can put like you know, ain't quite right on, on Asylum or something. Right, you know no, I mean? no, you're absolutely right. But I love tonight. You belong to me. Move on. It's an okay one. I don't really like it that much. It's all right. It's like Rocky Rolly. Uh, it doesn't blow my mind. It is the one song that they played live. And also, you know, when I saw the Live to Win tour, I did see him do Tonight You Belong to Me and Move On. He did them both. Nice. Anyway, I seen him play this song live. It's all right, but at the same time, it's Rocky Rolly, and I, it's not like, you know, if uh, scale of 1 to 10, I give it like a 4. Uh, a 3. <laughs> uh, I, I dig it. Again, it is. It isn't the best on here, but it, it is Kiss-like. You know, I could see, uh, you know, I could see this on Unmasked, too, you know? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I dig it. It's not his best, but I, I still like it. But I'm a huge Paul Nutswinger, and uh, it sh- I even drink Folger's coffee because of him. Uh, mm. uh, but, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's it's okay, but it's not the best. But the next song, I... You I, also, by the way, you also deny being a homosexual. I did. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. oh, God. Okay, okay, so we lied. Oh, you, ain't, you, ain't, you ain't that Paul like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lied about the fight and something else. Uh, so uh, we go into the next song, which you keep, you know, you. <laughs> some of this song ain't quite right. I think yeah, this I know. song. Ain't I witty? I know. I think this is a perfect fucking song. I would not change 
one fucking note. I think it's absolutely amazing. This is something. I, man, I, I remember cruising this song like when, I, when I was a teenager. Man, I would crank this shit up and drive around. Uh, just something so 70s and fucking awesome about it. I think it's a perfect fucking song. I think the foundation is great. I think the idea is great. I just think it falls flat. There's something about this song. All right, I'm not going to say it. Next song <laughs> is uh, Wouldn't You Like to Know Me? <laughs> oh, man, what do you think? Uh, the, the lyrics are so egotistical, I can't believe you didn't write it. <laughs> but I, I, it's a great, it's a great kiss song and it's a great cock rocker, you know, and he is the, the, he is the star child. He is the front man and he should have that confidence. He should, Hey bitch, wouldn't you like to get on these nuts? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the thing is that I wrote a, I don't know if I told you this, I wrote a song that says, I know you want to know me. <laughs> See, you have even more confidence, you know, than Paul. See, Paul had that deformed ear that kind of held him back a little bit. You have two beautiful ears. So you're even more cocky than Paul Stanley. That's awesome. Uh, I, I love it. I, great fucking cock rock classic to me. What do you, what do you think? Or did Jordy say? Well, I, 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 oh, okay. I laughed my way through that oh, one, okay. man. I, I, I just think it's a joke. Uh, uh, take me away together as one. Um, yeah, you know, fuck this song. Oh, what do you think? Uh, man, I, I think, you know, a lot of people blame uh, Zeppelin breaking up on John Bonham dying. I think they broke up because they realized they couldn't do anything as fucking epic as Take Me Away Together as One. This song... They're coming to take me away, ha-ha, <laughs> Away to the funny farm. Yeah. This song is fucking epic epic to me i think i think uh doesn't doesn't carmine apathy play the drums on i this? think i think he plays on most of this album uh no i think there's only like one or two that actually made it oh, okay I, I i think this is one of them uh no really i think this is an epic fucking track i really fucking dig it. i would love if he ever does another solo tour which i don't know if he should because of his voice right now but uh oh man if i heard this fucking a dude if i had to piss i'd, I'd piss on the person next to me I would not leave. I, I think this is a fucking total epic song. Totally dig it. You know, uh, uh, speaking of that solo tour, uh, I believe that's what killed his voice because, man, I saw the show. Uh, I came to Fort Lauderdale, and he, his voice was just so on the money. He did Magic Touch and uh, Million to One holding those fucking notes and, you know, Tonight You Belong to Me and all that. You gotta remember when he plays with Kiss, he takes breaks because Gene sings some songs too. Right. Where this song, I mean, this whole show, he sang the whole show and he did a whole tour singing these songs that are kind of like vocal gymnastics in a way. And after this tour is when you started to see uh, the cracks in his voice. It wasn't during this tour, and I highly recommend anybody out there to get the one. What is it? One one last. One, or one, one last kiss, one night, one night kiss, some shit like one that. One night, I don't yeah. know. That DVD rules. It's such a great. It really does capture what I saw. You know, and I and I haven't got it yet. And the only reason, and I'm a completist, but I just thought that album was so fucking horrible. And I'm the biggest Paul Stanley nut swinger. I listened to that album once. Maybe I got to give it another listen. To yeah, it. you should, because it's really not that bad. Really, I thought it was, and, and dude, like you know, Paul's my favorite. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was like 
shit that sounded like fucking B-sides from fucking Hot in the Shade and Crazy Nights. It just sounded that generic and plastic to me. Mm. You know, I, I like the. I think it was bulletproof. That maybe, was maybe, maybe I got to give it another spin. But, uh, uh, yeah. but, but I, I have a theory. You think this tour killed it? Uh, I have. I know it's not a popular theory. I don't think there's anything wrong with Paul's voice. I think he's just embarrassed by what they become, so he's trying to sing bad on purpose so that it just stops. <laughs> you know, he's just he's really embarrassed. Of, of, yeah, of no, actually, what it is is that he sing, he sings fine, but when he turns over and sees uh, some guy in Ace Frehley's makeup, his voice cracks. Oh, man. All right, well, that goes into uh, It's All Right, uh, the other song I love off this album. Um, it's great. It's a good hard rocking song. I love his voice on it. He never played this one live. He also did another solo tour back in the eighties. Yes, I have I have a bootleg of that. Yeah, me too. And he doesn't he throws in some some of these solo oh, songs. Oh, he was playing that horrible Steinberger guitar with the with no neck on it. I hate those guitars. I hate that guitar. Oh that Buck Dharma's got one like that too from Yeah, Georgia. I can't stand it. I hate that. Doesn't he play that in a Burning for You video? No, maybe No, not. no, 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 no. He didn't have it by then. Like Buck Dharma's looks like Swiss cheese. And then it's got the... Those Steinbergers are the ugliest fucking guitars ever. I can't stand them. I, ha I hate those guitars. Uh, yeah. They make a Rickenbacker look like a fucking SG. Oh, God, they're ugly. I like SGs, man. No, I love it. SG's my favorite guitar. That's what I'm saying. But I think uh, a Rickenbacker's an ugly guitar, and I'm saying... It, it, I can't remember Rickenbacker guitars. Uh, I, I know Rickenbacker basses are badass looking. Well, Rickenbacker guitar... It's just, it, it, it looks like a piece of furniture. You know, it looks like a 1970s TV console, you know, that's like a piece of furniture. It's so huge. and Like, an SG to me is sexy. A flying V is sexy, you know. It's, there's something really cool about it. But, uh, you know. My uh, favorite looking guitar is the Sunburst Les Paul that uh, Jimmy Page and Ace really play. That's my favorite looking guitar. Really? Uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's classic. I've never been, I'm a Gibson man, but I've never been a Les Paul. I have an SG. I got a 70, 74 SG, and I fucking love it. But uh, I also like, uh, and, and what's funny is a lot of guitar players I talk to, they say they're horrible guitars, but I like BC Richards too. I like, like you know, uh, like. Oh, that's uh, my my guitar player's um, preference, Willie. Uh, oh. Sodomizer. That's all he plays is BC Rich. Oh man, BC. And I think they, I think they look awesome. I think they look awesome too. But a lot of guitar the players, bitch. a lot of uh, guitar players I know call it PC shit because <laughs> they say they're not just they're very well guitars. But anyway, I think I, I liked how those look good too as well. Oh yeah, it's it's a metal looking guitar. I, I like shit like that, you know, and explorers and shit like that. But anyway, uh, getting back to the album, it's it, it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. Classic Paul. Classic Paul, great fucking track, uh, man. This this would fit in great on any Kiss album, any Kiss album. Yeah, and I then, made a video for it, by the way. I need to see that. You know, I look for that now because uh, I do post Monday through Fridays. I post videos on our Facebook page. If you're not on our Facebook page, get on that shit because we just had an amazing week of fucking drama that that has everybody talking. But anyway. Uh, I, I usually post about three or four videos a day, Monday through Friday, and some awesome pictures and shit like that. But I always do a Kiss song, you know, because it's Kiss. And now I look for ones that are your videos. Because, yeah, just go on the Almost Human 56 page. Because, it, because I always hear it from you if I use one. Like, hey, asshole, I got a video for that. And there's another dude, Peter, <laughs> Peter McDonald, who made a shitload of fucking Kiss videos. 
And they're not as good as yours, but for whatever reason, his always come up fucking first. And I usually click on the first one, but now I look. Really? I, I go Maybe, look for yours first. Mine usually. I, I Well, no, that's true. You're right. But I do see, uh, there's a lot of videos I have that are the first thing you see, like like The Oath, for instance. You punch and kiss The Oath. I've never first, done that. Yeah, I know. Okay. But the first one I do, when I, when you do that, that's the first option is that one. And I believe um, War Machine or something like that. Now, is the, I mean, I know your videos have amazing hits. The numbers on your videos. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I'm telling you, the, the, as a whole, right. the, the channel has well over 3 million views. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you do an incredible job on those. Just like our listeners need to check out our YouTube page. He does this... He does uh, video versions of these podcasts that are fucking amazing. I mean, you really do have a knack for it. And, you you know, I have compared it to other versions, and the way you sync it up is better. And uh, seriously, you should be commended. You do a great job on this. Well, thank you. I, I do get annoyed. Look, you know, I do get annoyed with fan videos because you'll see, like, a guy singing during a dude doing a guitar solo, and then you'll see a guy, you know, during the guitar solo, a guy singing. It's like... Dude, what the fuck am I watching? It's almost like they just let the video play with the music. They don't really do the effort to edit it. There's some right. people that have gotten better. But when I first started doing videos, nobody... And yeah, okay. Here's my ego shining again. But fuck, let the truth be told. When I started putting videos up on YouTube, nobody had videos that synced up. Now I've been seeing some good fucking videos. I think there's a guy that did a Mr. Blackwell video that's pretty damn cool, but not using elder footage, which I'm against that. I, I like, like all my kids' videos, if it's that era, like, you know, uh, like even It's All Right, all you see is like, you know, the, the, that, that era, like, you know, Paul being interviewed during the solo album and, you know, some Love Gun clips because it was around that time, but mostly like my Love Gun videos, all Love Gun footage. And right. so on, you know? But, uh, all right. Uh, you know, but, it, it, well, I was just going to say, and I've said it before on here, uh, you know, I first discovered you through your reviews, and they inspired me and pissed me off at the same time because I was like, well, here's a guy who thinks and talks like I do. Makes me want to do videos. But then I saw, like, the way you do them, I'm like, well, fuck, I can't do that, so I can't do it. Because I'm like, if I can't beat you, I'm not going to do one that's fucking worse than yours because... I got yeah. so excited seeing your reviews. I'm like, well, I'm going to check out other people's reviews. And they were fucking horrible. And I was like, well, I can't do what he does, so I'm just going to start a podcast with him. Maybe I can do that. You know, like I, I can't edit videos like he does. Yeah, that's another thing about my reviews. I think the reason that a lot of people like my reviews is because the way I have it edited. You know, because I use a lot of footage of the songs and stuff oh, yeah. like that. Oh, that's totally. Where, right. You know, most, most reviews, it's just a guy standing there talking, you know. Right. Uh, uh, and, and I keep sidetracking here because I don't want to go to the next song because I'm embarrassed by it. Because <laughs> I'm a Paul well, Stanley I think, I, think, I think it would be a good song if you're like making love to a man. It wouldn't be bad. I'm sure it would sound good then. Well, I, I'll ask Justin if he, if he digs it. But uh, <laughs> if, he's, if he's still listening to us. Oh, Justin will be right here. He loves us and we love him. But, All right. But uh, yeah, hold me, touch me, throw me, kiss me, kill me, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, think of me when we're apart. Oh my God, is that bad? Oh my God, is that a bad, bad song? I'm embarrassed for Paul. Uh, I'm embarrassed that on my my metal vest. Uh, that that's uh, I have Paul's solo album patch on my vest, and I hope nobody brings this song up when they see it. Uh, horrible song. What do you think? 
No, I already said it. I think it would be a good song if you haven't gay sex to it. So then we go into uh, what's next? Uh, Love and Chains. Now yes. I know you like this one. Fuck I'm it sure ain't. you like this oh, one. Of course. There's a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to a guy called King Fowley. He's uh, the singer of the band Deceased. Also, he's in uh, October 31. Uh, a lot of people. You know, he's not. He's pretty well known in the underground. Uh, yeah, well, tell him I want my 20 bucks. I know that fucker too. 20 oh, yeah? bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks he owes me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I met him. I've talked to him many times on, on uh, Facebook. And uh, I met him in person when we played Philadelphia. And uh, he's the biggest Paul Nutswinger. He thinks Ace is a joke. Uh, and, yeah, he loves Love and Chains. And I told him, dude, I, I, I don't know. He's like, dude, there's something seriously wrong with you if you don't like this song. And... Uh, but yeah, I guess there is something serious wrong with me because I don't like this song. I don't like Love and Change. It's like, you know, this one would fit well on Carnival of Souls because it sounds unfinished to me. But I know everybody out there that loves the Paul Stanley album or even like somewhat likes this album will point to Love, is Ch- Love and Change as one of the best tracks on here. But sorry, I, I, I like that horse says in Running Stimpy. No, sir, I don't like it. Well, sir, I love it. Uh, I think it is a great, great fucking rocker. Uh, the only slide I have against it is it can't hold a candle to the next song, which I think is a incredible song and a perfect way to end the album. Goodbye. Uh, man, a really cool rocker. I know he played this on his solo tour, on both solo tours, he played this song. And, uh, I really, really dig it. I love his vocals on this. I love everything about this song. I, I really do think it's it's a perfect fucking track. But uh, I know you, and I know you got a different opinion, so let's hear it. It's a riff that just won't stop. It's a riff that's boring. This song sucks. The only thing good about this song is that it brings an end to this clusterfuck of an album. Okay, not as bad as... Uh, uh, jeans. One thing I could say good about Goodbye was they were playing this on the convention tour because I like I got a lot of those bootlegs from the acoustic and and a lot of those shows they played Goodbye. Now the good thing about that is when they played Miami, it wasn't on the set list. So uh, there's one good thing I can say about Man. Goodbye. I, now goodbye to this one. Let's go to the real Kiss album. I, I, was, I was just gonna say I wish I had my footage. I, I took a camcorder. I went to the convention tour. Uh, <laughs> And I had a piece of shit, you know, the the big ass, like, you know, 50 pound camcorder. Right, and, right. And, and the fucking battery went out, like, fucking uh, 20 minutes into the interview section. So I didn't even get the music yeah. part of it. And I can't remember what they played shit, you know. It's fucking 20 fucking years ago, you, you know. You can go on YouTube because almost all those shows yeah, are up well, on YouTube I, I went, in their entirety. I went to the Chicago one and it was it was so funny, man. I, I probably own it. I have a lot of those conventions. I, uh... Yeah, me, me and my best friend Lars Jensen went, both huge KISS fans, and we're sitting there like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if KISS was staying in the same hotel we're in, you know, but then we're like, there's no way, you know, there's no way they were in the same hotel. I, I think w- all, the whole convention thing, they stayed at those hotels. You know, well, I just figured they wouldn't because of all the fans, and it would be too much chaos, but uh, yeah, they, they did, and I actually uh, met Paul Stanley in the fucking stairwell. Uh, you know, like, that's when we knew they were staying there. We're like, holy shit. And later on that night, somebody set off the fucking, uh, 
the uh, fire alarm went out, like and, like, and the sprinklers are going and shit. Wow. And we were on the same floor as him. And I saw Gene's bodyguard. Uh, I forget the dude's name. Big dude was his bodyguard at the time. And I was drunk as shit, believe it or not. I know you can't believe no it. No way. No way. And, dude, I kept fucking... I, I would stop talking, like, hey, man, where's Gene, man? I'm like... Was he blowing fucking fire and the fucking shit went off? And I'm like, well, like, get the fire, woo! And dude, the look, he, he wanted to punch me so fucking bad. He just kept yeah. mean mugging me. You know, finally my buddy's like, hey, this dude's fucking huge. He looks like he wants to smack the shit out of you. But, uh, man, we had a blast. I love the fucking convention. But, uh. I, I, too, I, too, I didn't have a 50 pound camera, but I did have a camera that the battery ran out in an hour. So I have like about an hour worth of uh, the unplug segment, um, yeah. but you know I didn't. But I knew, you know, I only had about an hour, so I knew not to record, you know, the the interview and all that shit. Right. Anyway, okay, let's get into the best of the four, according to like uh, science. <laughs> that is uh, Ace Frehley's solo album, the one that just the one the only one that had a hit, the one that. I believe sold more than all of them. Yes. Gene wants you to think different. Well, no, Gene. Gene's charted higher, I know, but yeah. if you read Gene's book, he said he sold the most. Oh well, he he, well, he lies about that. Eight. Gene charted higher, but Ace sold the most, which means that uh, Terrence is going to review Gene Simmons' solo album. <laughs> you know what? I think for now on, I'm going to have to fine you every time you mention Terrence. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For now, on twenty bucks every time you mention. Oh man! Uh, you what, take a what, check? What, yeah, no, no. What I, we're gonna what we're gonna do is we're gonna penalize you for two months where I receive the money from the Amazon link. <laughs> That's how we're gonna do it. Fuck that! Daddy needs beer. All right, so uh, <laughs> rip it out, man. I'll never forget uh, when I first saw Ace Freely live ever was when uh, the, the Freely's comment. Uh, tour here on Miami Beach literally walking distance from my house uh, he opened up with Rip It Out blew my fucking mind because this is the shit right here this is pure hard rocking brilliance Ace really you can tell like you know I tell this story which is a true story on my Kiss Ace Freely review which, by the way, a lot of people claim that's my the best Kiss review I've ever done. Justin says I don't, so. Okay, there you go. I know a lot of people have told me that. Um, but uh, I think, I, I, get, I, don't, I haven't seen that review forever, but I think I do use little clips of the Kiss Meets the Phantom, that, don't I? That's the only one I didn't watch today because I ran out of time. Okay, there you go. Well, uh, rip it out. Fucking right out the gate, man. This is like hard rock and perfection. With the amazing Anton Fig from the David Letterman Show and Will, what's his name? The bass player of the David Letterman Show. Will Lee. Will Lee. Will Lee. How, how Will funny Lee. is that? Will Lee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Will Lee. Uh, Will he? Uh, he does play uh, bass on some of these songs. I can't remember which ones. And you also have to give a lot of credit to Eddie Kramer. Because to me, Eddie Kramer is the greatest producer Kiss ever had. I love it. What do you think of Rip It Out? Oh, incredible, man. Uh, I was listening to it with the headphones on today before we started this. And, uh, man, it's just so good and so heavy. And uh, it just really makes me, when I hear a lot of these songs, like, I wish the solo albums never happened. 
and these were just on Kiss albums that were to come later. <laughs> you know, because this this could have made up for a lot of the shit that was uh, that was on some you know shit that would follow. Uh, but unfortunately, in my opinion, Ace blew his fucking load with this album because I don't think he's done an album or uh, or even songs he contributed to Kiss that held a candle. Uh, to what he did on this album. I mean, I really think, like, man, he never... It, it, every time he puts out a solo album, oh, it's the best since uh, my 78 solo album. N- none of them compare. None of them compare to this. Uh, I do like uh, his songs on Dynasty. I hated his songs on Unmasked. Uh, aside from the solo, you know, you know what you can do with fucking Dark Light. Uh, man, I just, I wish he could get this back. Uh... And I'm looking forward to that new covers album. I hope it's great. I'm going to buy it. It's fucking Ace. I love Ace. I love his guitar. To me, it never truly sounds like Kiss to my ears without hearing that man play guitar. Uh, that's, well, probably the only good track on fucking Psycho Circus is End of the Void. You know, because it sounds like fucking Kiss. It sounds like fucking it, it, it Ace Fraley. Yeah. It I, is Kiss. It's the only song on that album that features all four original members. And it sounds like it. It sounds like Kiss, and that's what I fucking love about it. And Paul and Gene love to say like how they ho- totally had to redo the song to, to make it better. Hey, great, whatever you had to fucking do, because that song sounded like fucking Kiss. Uh, speed it back to my baby. Uh, a, a fun rocker. It, it ain't reinventing the fucking wheel. Uh, it's not one of my favorite tracks, but I do like it. Uh, it's a fun rocker. That's about all I got. It's it's, it's amazing. That fucking opening solo. You see, this is Rocky Rolly that I can handle, not like move on. You know, this is more Rocky Rolly with a, with a hook. I guess, it has hooks. And I, I I don't like the chick at the end that, speed and pick. You know, I don't know. The, the, oh, I actually yeah. like that. Yes, yeah. That, I think that's his wife. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think that's Jeanette Fraley. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. You know, like, like she's like, I'm going to be on one song, God damn it. You know? Yeah, like, okay, I think that is her. Know. I could be wrong though. Yeah, but I know uh, there's a kiss nerd out there with fucking, you know, his his little like, his pens in his pockets are exploding, <laughs> saying that's not her. You're opinionated, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I love speeding back to my baby, but the next one has to be my favorite song off the album, Snowblind. Oh my God, heavy, fucking the insane solo. Uh. And it's about cocaine, I think. Well, wow. So now this and Justin Childer's sexuality are two things we agree on. It's my favorite song off of here. This is a sexy fucking rocker, man. That riff is just fucking... Oh, god damn, I love this song. By far, by far my favorite track on the fucking album. Alright, so then we go into Ozone. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you don't like this one. I love o- Ozone. My God, this song is so fucking killer. Uh, so fucking blatant. I'm the kind of guy that likes getting high. And yeah, it's a little repetitious, but I love it. It's repetitious like Bo Diddley and B.B. King. And it's like a bluesy, hard rocking, drug taking, killer fucking song. Ozone, another one of my favorites off this album. As far as music-wise, I love the guitar sounds. That there, you can tell there's like so many layers of guitars all over this song. 
and it's like you know it's bluesy it's like kind of like but it's still hard rocking kick-ass shit i love ozone what do you think this shit is all over the place fucking drug song and i love every fucking second of it man there's another one holy fuck i've never got to see a solo uh i met him uh at a kids convention but i never got to see him play a solo show as man. far as i know ozone has never been played live oh man well i, I tell you what uh yeah, there's one that he always plays that I'd much I'd much rather hear this song than that fucking third because Ozone fucking rocks, man. It's incredible. Now the next song, the next song, man. I just I do not dig it. Uh, what's on your mind? I don't know. It just fucking everything about this song. It, it, it this reminds me of why I hate the songs that fucking unmask. There's just something something about him that's just fucking off and like he can do better you know like oh god it's like all right just let me hear the solo i don't want to hear the fucking rest i do not dig what's on your mind what do you think uh, i love this song i mean i would have to say you know it's not if i was to like judge all the songs it'd probably be low probably the lowest out of all but i love this whole album and i think it's a good poppy tune um yeah see, I, I don't really like poppy ace i like hard ace I like, you know, and I, but you know, the, 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 the verses are kind of, you know, you make me crazy, crazy. Tell me about the feeling inside. Yeah, okay, that part mind. gets a little poppy. Yeah. That, got, that part gets poppy, but, but I like and it. I love the guitar work that's going on during that poppy part that, you know, a little, I don't know. I just love what's on your mind. It's great. Then we flip the fucker over to the biggest hit out of all four. The one that really pisses off Gene and Paul, though they never showed it is uh new york groove uh i love new york groove was a huge hit when i was a little kid it was i remember this vividly on the radio a lot i love it i heard the original version and it's fucking horrible i mean in my opinion it's a band called hello where there's actual footage of them playing it on a tv show i think they're lip syncing it you can see it on youtube it's bad ace made it good i love new york groove um, I know you don't, so go ahead. So, whine yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna whine. I hate this fucking song. I've always hated it. And the funny thing is, like, I know a lot of people that don't like Kiss that love this song. And it, it kind of... That makes me feel good. Because, like, you know what? You don't like Kiss. You don't get it. You like this song. Makes perfect... My old lady loves this song. She's not a Kiss fan. I just... It's like oh, me, too. I, I love this song, but I hate Kiss. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, I've never liked this. I'm not going to deny that I'm in the minority. A lot of people love this. And people always want to hear Ace play it. But, man, I am not one of them. Like, uh, you know, they ask me, you want to hear New York Groove or fucking Ozone or Snowblind? I know what I'm fucking asking for. And it, and it's, you know, he didn't write it. And, uh, but it started that trend, man, of like, you know, now he's always got to do a fucking cover. And, uh, yeah, I just don't care for it at all. Now, the next song, Total Opposite. I fucking love it. In Need of Love. Now, that is a badass fucking Ace song, man. Ah, man. Uh, another one, I've never heard of him playing this live. Fucking pull this fucking, you know, song out and put it in the set. Because this would be incredible. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think he could play this one live. There's too much guitar playing going on during the vocals and, uh, very guitar-oriented. Probably the most guitar-oriented song other than the last track on here. Um, yeah, 
Uh, I'm in need of love, and I'm hoping you're in need of me. And then there's a little then and then then and then Everything about this song just fucking rules. An incredible deep track, and you are correct. They never, he, he's never played this live. Um, fucking awesome. Then we go into what I consider the funniest track on the album, "Wiped Out." Um, I love it. Uh, another song. This one is more about getting drunk. Uh, I would find it hard to believe you don't like this one. What do you think? Of course I fucking love it. And this is like, this song is kind of like an autobiography about you. <laughs> and and what I love is it's, it's ace through and fucking through. Not only like musically is it great, but like lyrically it's, it's ace's sense of humor. You know, it, it, it's about ace as a person, his character, everything is uh, all in like four minutes and eight seconds of this fucking song. Uh, Wiped Out is incredible. And then it leads into uh, his epic fucking instrumental, um, which is weird because to me it's very simple and repetitive, but epic at the same time. And I don't think he ever, uh, you know, he's done an instrumental on every album since, uh, but he's, again... In every aspect, he's never topped this album, and he's never topped this instrumental. Uh, I love Fractured Mirror, uh, but I gotta say, after hearing Dimebag's cover on on the Ace uh, tribute album, like I, I never want to hear Ace's. Ver- I always want to hear Dimebag's version because Dime, uh, that that's a case of you know taking somebody's song and taking it to the next fucking level. You know, just like you know, you don't want to hear the original New York Groove. After hearing Dimebag do fucking Fractured Mirror, I don't want to hear Aces no more, man. Because Dime fucking slayed it and just totally took it to the next plateau. And I got to give props to Benny Paul. He played drums on it, too. Uh, an amazing fucking track. And it was it was a true... I mean, everybody knows how much Dimebag loved fucking Ace and worshipped him. He had him tattooed on his chest. Yeah, Ace signed the tattoo. He ran out and got, you know, the signature tattooed on the tattoo. Um... Uh, it's the ultimate tribute. Uh, Love Fractured Mirror. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I got to revisit that dime version. I mean, I don't remember it blowing me away, but I don't remember oh. it sucking either. Oh. I have... Isn't that Spacewalking or yeah, something like yeah, that? Yeah, Spacewalk. Yeah. Oh. Well, it has a really good version of Rip It Out with Scott Ian singing it. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the same one? I believe so. And uh, just to talk about, I mean... How many people uh, covered this? Ozone was covered by the Foo Fighters. Did you know that? No, no. And I, yeah, it's a it's a B side to one of their earlier albums. And a lot of people fucking hate on uh, Dave Grohl. I love. Yeah, do, do like I, me? Do I, I do. do I love every Foo Fighters song? No. Do I, I like a lot of it? Yeah, I do. But I, you know, I, I like that he shows appreciation to to what he likes. You know. Yeah, he covered Ozone. They, they covered Ozone. He did a, a, a commendable, not as good, but not bad. Nice. Anyway, uh, and, and just, just that you would do Ozone. Okay, it wasn't a yeah, popular track. It's, exactly. It's it's really cool that he did it. You know, uh, that I'll give him. You know, it's like Terrence would never cover Ozone because it wasn't a popular song. <laughs> All right, uh, Amazon link now belongs to me. Again. Ah, shit! I did it again. <laughs> All right, I like I like um, Fractured Mirror a lot. Um, it doesn't hold all the other fractures, fractured two and all. It doesn't hold a candle to the first one. I think it's beautifully uh, recorded, sounding, 
Um, I love this song so fucking much. Um, a great way to end Ace's solo album. And you know, and also you got to give it to Ace, and you got to give it to Paul. At least they played guitar on their albums. Unlike Gene and Peter, who Gene didn't play no bass either. We didn't discuss that. I I, I don't think Gene's played bass on any Kiss album. <laughs> no, that's not true. Oh, it's not. Uh, Gene's played and uh, all the early stuff. I think Gene is extremely underrated as far as a bass player goes. No, Listen no. to his, like, uh, Going Blind, that, that bass run he does on that. That's all Gene. All those those first three albums before, shit, even Destroyer and uh, Rock Roll Over, I think even up to Love Gun, Gene played bass on every song. Yeah, well, I think. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. No, I, I, I think Gene is underrated as a bass player. I think he's underrated as a singer. But... What I'll never understand, if I was in a band like this, there is no way in hell somebody else would play on my fucking record. Not my fucking instrument. Exactly. I no, don't know. No, no fucking way. No fucking way. You're, or so you're going to use somebody else's solo. No. I put my foot down. This is me. For better or for worse, I'm going to fucking do it. You know, but th- that that's maybe I'm just egotistical like that, but ain't nobody going to do my fucking job but me. You know, it's a big mystery. Who played bass on I Was Made For Loving You? Gene said in interviews it was him. And he's also said in interviews it wasn't him. So who's telling the truth, Gene or Gene? Well, you're going to have to buy his new book to find out. Exactly. <laughs> his new book, Did I Play Bass on I Was Made For Loving You? And you have to read the whole thing till you know. Somewhere in the middle, he says the truth. He doesn't want you to skip to the end. All right. Uh, All right. Anyway, well- would, you, would you actually buy his book? Like me, Inc. Uh, I bought his first book, and I, that was enough. I, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, but he's so like, I don't know. And, and I'll tell you this: Gene was the nicest motherfucker that I met. Uh, and I met I met all of Kiss except for Eric Carr, uh, Bruce <coughs> Tom, Kulik, Tommy Thay. No, I met Bruce Kulik at the convention. Uh, I, I never met Mark St. John, and I never met Eric Carr. And I met I met Tommy Thayer, believe it or not, at the Kiss Convention '95 because right. I knew who Black and Blue was. Right. And I did have a little conversation with him. Uh, he was nice. He as, was nice. As a matter of fact, I think I did meet Tommy Thayer. That's right because I, uh, I I think I ordered a, a Cosmopolitan and he brought it to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I asked for coffee. <laughs> but uh, but no, Gene was nice as fuck. Uh. When they were doing autograph signing, there was no, like, order. Just, like, everybody bum-rushed the fucking... That's how it was. That's how it was. And they signed everything. Everybody bum-rushed the fucking table. And uh, my best friend Lars Jensen has a tongue just like fucking Gene Simmons. So I got my shit signed. Gene was real cool. And, uh, you know, my buddy's right behind me. He's sticking out his tongue. He's like, Gene, can we get a picture together? And Gene was laughing. He loved it. He goes, oh, totally. We're getting a fucking picture. So he goes and puts his arm around my buddy. They both stick their tongue out. And I step back to take the picture. And while I'm doing that, I got knocked on my ass by people fucking bum-rushing. And fucking Gene went apeshit. Gene said, stop. That's fucking it. He goes, he goes, let's have some fucking order. Nobody's getting shit signed. And he's like, are you okay? And he kept pointing at me. And I got, I was fine. I just got blindsided because I'm, you know, I got a camera up to my fucking eye, you know. And he was like, showed genuine concern until he like was, you know, satisfied that I was okay. He wasn't signing shit, and that really impressed me. He he gets 
He gets this rap for being a total fucking asshole, but he did show genuine concern, and uh, and I always appreciated that. And uh, Paul Paul was nice. I, I, the funny thing, when I met him on the stairs later in the night, you know, I, of course, I was, I was like, hey, Paul, come to my room. And I can't believe he didn't take me up on it. You know, he's like, yeah, okay. I'm like, Paul, I'm in room so-and-so. He's like, all right, guys, see you later. <laughs> you know, but I, oh, didn't go? I understand. And it was funny. He's carrying all this shit that fans have given him. And I'm trying to shake his hand while he's got his hands full of shit. He just puts up his elbow so I can, you know, touch his elbow and shit. But, uh, now, did, did you ever see, and this is really fucked up, did you ever see, oh my god, what's the name of the goddamn DVD? The Kiss Army Wants You or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Oh my god, how horrible is it that that little kid made that thing for Paul Stanley and they gave it to him on stage and he just left it there? He didn't uh, take it with him? I gotta watch it again. I used years it was, ago. It was so it. sad, man. It's like, what a fucking dick. But anyway. But I'm sure a lot of bands do that, so. Ah, man. Uh, it's just fucked up. It's a little kid. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. So now we're going to bring uh, the finale to the show. Uh, what we would consider a great Kiss album if they didn't release the four solo albums and use these songs on just one Kiss album. You want to go first or you want me to go first? I, I want you to go first. All right. My song kicks off with Rip It Out. It's the best of all the opening tracks on all four solo albums. And then I'll put It's All Right as the second track. Keep it, keep keep the momentum going. Uh, Snowblind track three, Ace dominates this album. Uh, keep it going. And then, you know, after three good hard rocking tunes, I'll, put, I'll slip in See You Tonight as the first Gene song on the album make it mellow. And then when that's over, I put in Wiped Out. Now, it was hard for me to choose between Wiped Out and Ozone because I figured they're both exactly the same as far as how much I like them, but I had to sacrifice one or two. All right, so we flipped the album over, and I think the perfect opener for side two was between Tonight You Belong To Me and Radioactive. I was having a hard time, but I figure I'm gonna go with the Paul one because it's a better song. So that opens up side two. Uh, second track, Speeding Back to My Baby. Keep it, and then Radioactive with the fucking laughing and everything, the cre- creepy intro. After that, I'll put in Can't Stop the Rain. Kind of like Ode to Destroyer, how Beth was the second to last song. Oh no, I don't think it was actually. Wasn't it Shout It Out Loud and Do You Love Me and that album? Uh... No, 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 it was Beth and then Do You Love Me. I, I care. Do you love me? Ends it. I don't know that. Yeah, I know that. Anyway, and then uh, to end the album, the biggest hit, New York Groove. If it was 11 track, I'd put Ozone after that. As you can tell, like almost the whole album is an Ace Freely album, but I slipped in a couple of his other solos. What, 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 so, what's the name of your album? Um, damn, I didn't think of that. Uh, I would call it. Uh, Damn, would I have to call it one of the, the song titles? No, you call it whatever. Actually, you want. actually, you know, it would be a cool song uh, title for the album, "Radioactive." Radioactive, okay. I would call it "Radioactive." All right. And produced by um, uh, the guy that produces Ace's album, Eddie Kramer. Okay, uh, awesome. Because I also picked, dude. I have a album title. I have a producer. I, I have the album cover. I have everything. Uh, so, my album, track number one, 
would be Radioactive by Gene. Track two would be Rip It Out by Ace. Track number three would be Love and Chains by Paul. Track four would be Snowblind by Ace. Track number five would be Take Me Away by Paul. Track number six would be It's Alright, but with vocals by Peter Chris. Ah, yeah. I, I, I think Peter's Chris voice on that yeah. would, would be really cool. Because I don't I, would agree. I don't think any of his songs fit on a Kiss album. And keep this in mind, picking this, I'm not saying these are necessarily the best songs. These are songs that I think would fit a Kiss album best. Yeah, that's how I did it too. Track number seven would be Burning Up With Fever by Gene. Track number eight would be Wouldn't You Like To Know Me by Paul. Track number nine would be Fractured Mirror by Ace. I think it would be great to have another instrumental on a Kiss record. And closing the album would be Goodbye by Paul, of course. The name of the album is The Pimps of 52nd Street. <laughs> and, okay. and, and Oh, and the album cover, oh, I've already got this. It'd be them, like, uh, you know, standing, like, like in a doorway by a street corner. There'd be a street light, and they'd be, like, dressed up, like, in, in a pimp outfit. And not, like, totally ridiculous, but a little bit ridiculous. And they're all in their makeup, and there's a bunch of whores standing around. And you'd flip it over on, on the back of it. There would be a whore leaning in a fucking car, you know, like, pulling out some money and shit. And the album would be produced by Jimmy Miller who produced all the late 60s, early 70s Rolling Stones albums. And I, I I think it would totally change. You know, it'd be a grittier production, but these same songs. But, uh, yeah, I can't stress enough how much I think it'd be great to hear fucking Pete uh, Peter sing It's All Right. And, uh, like I said, these songs with grittier production, The Pimps of 52nd Street, the greatest unreleased Kiss album, other than all the other good ones. Yeah, my, my I guess my uh, album cover would be the four solo album covers. Oh, man. And uh, alternative titles I came up with was uh, Tugboat. And, uh, Tugboat? Yeah, Tugboat. And it's them like on a battle cruiser and shit, you know. And there's, the chicks, there's chicks reaching up at their fucking junk like they're going to give them a tug job, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, another one was Four Island, you know, where they're like pirates and shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, but uh, I, I settled on Pips of Pimps of Fifty Second Street. I thought it sounded very New York. So interesting. Uh, so uh, th- that would be my album. But uh, now that we've done all that, we hope you enjoyed this. It's been a long time since we've done a Kiss episode. Uh, but we got to go to pick of the week. And uh, Ralph, you got one, or as usual, you want me to kick this off? Yeah, you kick it off. I don't have one. All right, while he's looking around his past collection, my pick of the week is the second album by Aerosmith when they were truly an incredible band, and that is Get Your Wings. Holy shit. The first uh, Jack Douglas-produced album, I think the only producer for uh, for Aerosmith, even though he did that last turd that they did, but I think, uh, I don't know if he had as much say as he did back then. Uh, tracks like Seasons of Wither, SOS, Too Bad, uh, uh, Same Old Song and Dance, uh, Pandora's Box. Oh, my God. The list goes on and on. It, it's one of the greatest rock records of all time, in my opinion. Uh, 
check if you haven't heard it check it out even if you don't like Aerosmith give it a fucking chance put on some headphones smoke a big fucking J and listen to Seasons of Wither and tell me I'm fucking wrong uh, it's an incredible album Ralph do you come up with something or are you still perplexed uh, yeah I got something but if uh, but be careful what you say what I'm about to say or, or I'm gonna own that Amazon link ah uh, shit Mine is a Pink a Pink Floyd album. Uh, what what used to be my favorite Pink Floyd album was it was eclipsed uh, in the last couple of weeks by The Wall. I consider The Wall to be their best album, but one that I feel that you know is kind of like overrated. I mean underrated is Animals. It is their best album. Sorry. I, I for years it, it was. I still love that album. I love the hell out of it. I actually heard it the other day, and it's it is great, man. Um, Dogs is probably my all-time favorite Pink Floyd song, and the reason why I love it so much is because Roger Waters. I feel like when Roger Waters dominates the band is when their best music comes out. Oh, of course. So um, that's my pick of the week, Animals. And I would like to say, uh, I know it's not for everybody, but uh, there is an album out. It's, it's credited to uh, Les Claypool and the Flying Frog Brigade. And it, it's him and some various musicians. And they do albums in its entirety. And it is absolutely amazing. Some people just don't like Les's voice. But uh, give it give it a shot. If, you lo- if you're a fan of Animals or you're a fan of Primus or Les Claypool, uh, it's called uh, Live Set 2. And it's... it's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, because the quality of musicians he plays with, the way they uh, replicate that fucking album, which is my favorite Pink Floyd album. Uh, check it out. Great pick, Ralph, by the way. Incredible pick. But uh, there's our pick of the week, so we got to go into fan of the week. And uh, this is a fan. Uh, man, he's really come on strong on the Facebook page. Everybody, I can't stress enough, the Facebook page, what a fucking madhouse it is. It is a madhouse of intense... You are missing out if you're not Holy shit. Intense characters, intense personalities. uh, Crazy conversations. This is a a fan. He lives in Chicago now. I don't know where he's originally from, but... Jose, I I hope it's Jose Gonzalez. Uh, Man, uh, this guy loves the fucking show. Always shares the link. And that's something a lot of the fans have been doing lately. And I really... uh, uh, Justin A6 always does it. Uh, Shane Bear does it. Uh, a lot of fans have been doing this, and I really, really appreciate getting the word out. Uh, you know, we got contacted today. We don't know if this is going to happen or not. But I don't think we should discuss that. Okay, okay. Well, Let's have... not jinx it. There I'll just go. say this. Uh, if it happens, wow. Yeah. People are taking notice of this show, and it's, yeah. it, it, it's thanks to you guys. Uh, you know, really appreciate it. Uh, getting the word out there and you know another one we always got to talk about is that metalstation.com that airs us twice a week you can hear first the first station to actually oh uh, oh, yeah acknowledge us and treat us like kings oh yeah oh even though scott green was a little brutal on me oh god oh he 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 jabbed me a little bit too we love but he got me really oh yeah he he, he definitely you know me i'm i'm like i mean i I know I act like this pompous, egotistical guy, whatever. I'm, I'm actually not. I don't care who thinks that I'm not playing around. 
But, you know, I, I'm one for, like, I can take jabs like anybody else, but man, he found a picture of me <laughs> when I was in the hospital that I don't know how the fuck he got this picture. I've never seen this picture before. Yeah, it's a I, picture I, I saw it. I remember that picture. It was on the I Almost Human page. I think my, my, uh, no, it was, that was a different picture. Was it? See, that picture I know was taken by my drummer. Because I'm holding a balloon that says princess. Yeah, no, I, he, I saw that on the page. I remember that. Okay, when I, don't, I don't remember. Because you, anyway, you weren't yeah. online for a while, of course, because you were in the house. They hospital. put it up. They yeah, put it yeah up. because because I put, a, I put a thing on there. And this is before I even talked to you. I said, hey, you know, let's send out some great thoughts to Dr. Fuck. He brought us all together. You know, and I, I really kissed your ass something fierce and gave you some well wishes and stuff. But I remember that picture because I'll never forget that fucking balloon. <laughs> yeah, no, and that balloon belly because I was pumped up with water. They had IVs stuck in me where my whole body, like, uh, what do you call it, like, got big. I was all bloated from water where it looks like I'm fucking pregnant in a gown, a hospital gown. It's the most disturbing picture I've ever seen of myself. That uh, Believe me, I, if anybody out there has Poser Holocaust, <laughs> look at, there's a picture of me in the collage where there's an onion and food coming out of my mouth. It's the most disturbing picture of me. I look disgusting. And yet I let it go on the CD because it's just so bad. There's another one where like, my ass crack is hanging out. I have no shame, but that one is just so brutal. And it's me in the hospital. He made a meme and it says, in the hospital after Ian put his foots up his ass. And I actually deleted that picture. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Hey, hey. Scott Green, chill, bro. Oh, then he man. put up other pictures that were just as bad, but not visually as bad. And those are still up. And if you join the Facebook page, you get to see them. Oh, and you man. get to see all the fucking uh, bashing of of me. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Which I love, by the way. Scott Green, man, thanks again. We are so proud to be part of ThatMetalStation.com. You can hear us Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. So proud to be a, uh, a, a great supporter of the show and a great station. Again, we got to give a shout out to Mike Tyler, a listener of our show, who's on the Facebook yes. page. He has a metal show Friday nights. I believe it's like 1 a.m. It's real late. Yeah, my, I, actually, I heard it last night. because Oh, nice, nice. I actually listened to it. And it was really play body count. Nice. It's good stuff, man. Oh. It's a really entertaining show. Mike, Mike Tyler, an incredible fan of the show. We're so proud of him. And, uh, you know, he sent me a great fucking message that he was inspired by us, and that's what got him to say, hey, I'm going to do some shit, too. And, man, that means the fucking world to us. You know, that that fans of this show are taking, you know, like, hey, I got a voice. I want to do shit. You know, that's fucking great. And, um, you know, anybody out there that likes, like, you know, that likes my opinion and not Ian's, Check out Mike Tyler, because me and Mike Tyler are pretty much on the same page. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so check out ThatMetalStation.com. Uh, also, check us out on iTunes. Please, please, uh, sub- if you're on iTunes, subscribe to us. That means a lot to the show. It helps the show get bigger. Uh, leave a review. The reviews mean everything, because, you know, who sees that sponsors. And we're really, like, the bigger we get, the more shit we can do with this show. Uh, more beer and the more expensive beer Ian well, can well, get. Well, not just that, but we can do other things. And, and, you know, the bigger we look, you know, we can get, like, more named guests. Uh, guests on the show, we, we can do stuff, take it to the next level, make it better for you, the fans. So, you know, help us help you. 
Uh, go on iTunes. Leave that review. Please subscribe. Uh, also, if you have an Android device, you can go on Podcast Addict. There's a lot of ways you can enjoy this sh- enjoy the show. Definitely join the fucking Facebook page. There's the YouTube page, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, all one word. Uh, amazing versions that Ralph does an incredible fucking job with. And uh, and other than that, man, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this one. You think this shit was good? You wait till next week because you know who's coming in next week, right? I have no idea. Oh, uh, a personal hero of yours. King Diamond will be here next week. What? King Diamond. And we're going to talk about Journey's Frontiers. Oh, man. Oh, I yeah. King liked that stuff. Oh, man. Faithfully, one of his favorites. I like that album, by the way. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Grandma! Thanks for listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All rights reserved, Dean Wadley. Any use of this show without express written permission, I will give Terrence Reardon your phone number. Bitch. <laughs> I love that.